Hello again. I'm back and I'm back here with another solo episode. I've got a few questions here that have been asked and I will start off with the first one. If I were to create an updated dream team, what would it be? Right. The original dream team, I'm just going to list the 12 guys that were on there just to give some reference as to who they were. The original dream team was the 1992 USA men's Summer Olympics basketball team. And it was the first time ever, or it was the first, yeah, it was the first time ever that the USA team sends the proper NBA superstars to the Olympics. And the team they picked was best of the best at that time. You had Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dunk, um, David Robinson, Chris Leitner, Clyde Drexler, Karl Malone, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing, Chris Morlin, and of course the great Magic Johnson. They won, they won, it's an understatement, they cleaned out the Olympics that summer. They won that game by an average of 44 points. And I think the closest game they had was in the finals, and that was 30-game victory, if I recall correctly. I say recall. Uh, I wasn't even born then, but you know what I mean. Now, if I were to update this team, first off, there's three there's three guys that I've got to be on there. Steph, Shaq, and Kobe. Right? I say Steph because imagine that team with the greatest shooter of all time. The greatest three-point shooter of all time. I mean, they were beating teams by an average of 44 points. Imagine if they had someone with the heat check ability to just shoot all the way from half-court every single time. When you have guys like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird already on in the team, just just imagine the carnage that would that would cause in other teams' defenses. Out so out of taking Steph ahead of John Stockton, um, Shaq was almost in the squad. I think it came down to him and Leitner, and Leitner was taken because of collegiate success, if I recall. Again, using that term very loosely, but as we all know, who the big man, everyone's favorite big man. Extremely dominant player who didn't give a rat's ass who he beat. So imagine you got Steph shooting, Steph, you got Steph flaming away from half court. You've got Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and the rest of them roaming around court. And then you got to go inside and deal with Shaq. First off, there's no chance. This team isn't scoring at least 130 points a game. Like, I'm putting it out there. Yes, Steph and Shaq, even without the other guys, I, who other changes I would make to the team, Steph and Shaq alone make this team 130 points a night, guaranteed for the, for the Olympics. Next change, Chris Mullin for Kobe. I mean, imagine... Rest in peace, Kobe. Imagine a team with Kobe and MJ side by side. 
in a competitive setting. Who the hell beats that? No one. No one can even opponents will not will not come onto the court. Right? Let's be honest. They're gonna give up before they even show before the game starts. Because you see Kobe and MJ on the other end, you know it's over. You can't possibly out hustle them. And the drive to succeed is just unchallenged. Next up, I have taken out Patrick Ewan, the big man, for LeBron. I mean, let's be honest. If you've got Shaq, you got Karl Malone, you got um, you got Magic, who could play small ball center. You got David Robinson in there. You don't really need another big man. LeBron is LeBron. Let's be honest. He can do whatever he, whatever he. He can do everything. He can do it all. There's nothing else. You can put him in team, any team. Just let him play. That's it. And last change I would make is KD over Clyde Drexler. And thinking team balance. I've got Steph. I've got Magic. I've got MJ. I've got, and I've got Scotty Pippen. I've got enough people who can play guard. Get KD in there to just keep scoring. Now, with these five changes, my prediction goes from 130 a night to 150 a night. Who's stopping them? I don't think any team scoring 90 points on these guys either. Because most of these guys, in especially in their prime, all defensive team regulars. Well, maybe not. KD or Steph, but if you've got likes of MJ, Scotty Pippen, if you've got David Robinson, you've got Charles Barkley, you've got Kobe and Braun, you got Shaq in the middle, you don't really need to defend if you're someone like Steph. You can just save your energy for shooting on the other end. That's it. That. Thank you very much. Shout out Jack for sending me that question. I genuinely have never thought about answering that before. On to the next one. And this one really messes with my head. Not just because of how difficult it is, but because it could have happened. Or at least once, it's a two-sided question, and one side of it could have happened. And I tell you what, if that happened, the last six years of my life would have had just that little bit more joy in them. Probably. Most likely. What if Pep joined United and Mourinho had gone to City in the summer of 2016? Now, if you don't know this, Pep could have joined United. Before Sir Alex Ferguson retired, he approached Pep and Pep unfortunately turned down the offer because he had already accepted to go to Bayern Munich after leaving Barcelona. So, the mind... You can only dream of what would have happened if he was Fergie's replacement. Now, what's the question I had? I've actually had a look at the different squads at the time. 
and I feel like with Pep, I don't know if we'll have been as dominant as City are right now, because City, those, it goes beyond the players, really. City, if we're being honest, City didn't really have history. They didn't have um, the status United did. So it was, when Pep joined, it was a clean out all the way to the top. Fran Soriano, City, Bregisteranian, I can't, don't know how to pronounce the name. All those guys came in. Some of, I think, Soriano was at Bayern. Bregisteranian was with Pep. As, they had worked with Pep before. Pep brought in his guys, sort out transfers and all that. And basically, City had to relinquish, the City higher-ups had to relinquish a lot of control to Pep to change this team. And I don't know if that would have worked at United. But on the football, let's ignore that for now. Let's focus strictly on the on the football side. So results on the pitch, performances on the pitch. United would not have been as depressing to watch in the years of Mourinho. And we definitely would not have had to deal with the older years. Okay, let's be honest. Let's, there would have been a lot more structure. Looking at the team... Some of these guys, we would probably have got rid of a long time ago. Marcus Rojo, uh, Eric Bailly, Chris Morlin. I feel like Matthew Darmi, um, sorry, not him, Daily Blind could have worked on that team because of his ball-playing skills from his Ajax days. Uh, Rashford, I feel Rashford's development. Rashford would be a lot better than he is right now. I think something that's Let's not forget when Rashford initially came up, people were comparing him to the likes of Mbappe. People had Rashford and Mbappe comparisons going on. And now we're at the stage where you're looking at Rashford and you're struggling to compare him to people compare him to the likes of Martinelli and Saka. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to insult those guys. Those guys are great, really good players. But to go from being compared to Mbappe predicted as a future Ballon d'Or winner to Saka and Martinelli who are stars in their own right but not nowhere near that level I think shows a big drop off and shows that shows that we've not he's not been he's not his game hasn't developed like it it could have and I think I use the example of Sterling when I say that, Sterling in his Liverpool days, similar to Rashford, he had pace, he had a bag of tricks, but his end product was sometimes lacking. His composure was he didn't he lacked composure in front of goal, didn't score a lot, didn't provide too many assists, didn't provide what you would expect from someone with his abilities. He went to City and he was coached into this guy that making runs at the back post, making these little diagonal runs, constantly in the right position in the box. I mean, he still missed his chances, but which great player doesn't miss chances? He turned Sterling from a promising player with loads of physical, um, loads of tremendous physical attributes 
into someone with technical knowledge, into someone with tact great tactical knowledge. And you watch Rashford, and I think that's what plagues him so much. That's what makes him inconsistent so many times. It's he keeps doing the same thing over and over. So many things I see are similar to when he first broke out broke out at United. And I think having a manager like Pep to teach him the football fundamentals, to teach him the way of football, would have gone a long way towards helping. Looking at... Right, I'm going to bring up the transfers United made that year. We got an Eric Bailly, got Zlatan, we got Mkhitaryan, and we got Pogba. Now, I'm going to compare it to the signing City made that year. They brought in Gundogan, brought in Nolito, they brought in... Sane, Gabriel Jesus, and John Stones. And you can compare the signings. One one team seems to have gone for the big names, United, with Zlatan, McTaren, Pogba. Bayou wasn't so big, but he cost 30 million. Stones was a fairly big name, but you could see in the players Pep bought to City, there's a particular, it seems like there's a focus to it. When I say Gundogan, Nolito, Stones, those guys were known for their technical abilities. Zlatan, you compare it to the other side, Zlatan is physical specimen. Like, he scores all these crazy goals, athletic goals. Sure, he does yoga a lot. Pogba is a great technical player, but the problem with Pogba, he's always been that, what's his best position? You love him for his technical and physical ability, but there seems to be no tactical... In, I don't want to say he lacks tactical intelligence, but it almost seems like... He needs to be carried by his team in certain phases of the game. And you can see one team is going for individuals and the other is going for people. You can see the other has a clear plan for team building. And the best way to illustrate this is not a single one of these players United bought is still at the club. With Pep signings, Zinchenko and Jesus left this summer for good money. Zinchenko, they, they made a profit on each of them. Stones is a starter there still. Sane, they made a profit on to Bayern. Nolito didn't work out. Gundogan is still... Gundogan, if I recall, is captain or vice-captain now. If... But I'm focusing, maybe I'm focusing a bit too much on negatives here, but that's my view view of this. If you got a different view, shout out, let me know what you think. Now, on to Mourinho at City. I would have loved to see this. I would have loved to see the likes of De Bruyne and Aguero and David Silva have to defend for their lives under Mourinho. I'm not saying they won't have been successful. But there's no way you can look me in there, anyone can look me in there and tell me that team would have been as successful as they were under Pep. 
and also looking at City's backline. To be honest, it could have worked because they did have a backline that Mourinho could mold into into a hell a strong unit. Um, I mean the fullbacks were a bit aged in Sania, Zabaleta, Clichy, and Kolarov, but I think with the back in City could have given him, he would have found fullbacks suitable for his game, for his preferred tactics. Um, just thinking about it, yeah, I, th- I think that's been a lot easier to answer than I really expected. Um, especially now when you see that Pep is still at City, just coached them to win the league, what, twice in a row. Could win it again this year. And Mourinho's on his second club since leave, or well, third club since 2016. So it's United Spurs Roma. And he's been stacked at the previous two, by the way. Just just kind of highlights the difference in the two managers so thank you omar for that and i will end on this last question from aditi um to name my favorite makeup brands i mean i don't use makeup never have but i'll start off with fancy because you got to do it for the culture big up rihanna for making a makeup brand that represents the black woman. So I'll go with Fenty. And then uh, Sephora, Seven, and L'Oreal. To be honest with you, those are my favorite makeup brands because those are the only brands I know. I genuinely don't know anyone else. But if you know and you want to educate me, go ahead. Uh, I probably could use the knowledge. So, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Elion Censored podcast. We will be back very soon. Uncle Leslie will be back very soon. And promise you, we're going to have an episode where we preview the World Cup before it starts. And just one more thing. If you've got ever got any questions you want to, you want us to answer on here, let us know. You can follow our new Instagram page now at LA Uncensored Podcast. It's a public page, so shoot us a DM anytime. And if we like your question, we'll bring in, we'll answer it. And we will we will be looking at inviting other guests onto the show. So you never know. If we really, really like your question, we could invite you onto the show. Thank you very much and goodbye.